watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco. Bobby, breaking news right off the top. Yes. Trade deadline. Come and gone. Biggest move of the day around baseball by far. Zach Greinke. Dan Straley. Dan Straley. <laughs> Traded Zach to, the, to the Philadelphia Phillies for cash. Could have sworn it was Zach Grinky. But yeah, Dan Shirley takes the cake, I guess, for the hottest uh, name dealt this trade deadline. Easily. Going up I-95 to the Philadelphia Phillies for, say it again, cash. cash. Yep, just yes. straight up cash. So the Orioles not making a big move. None of the major league players on the roster yeah. were touched. Uh, Rakubaka was informed that it was a minor deal, and that was about as minor as it can be. I always wonder, they say cash, and that I assume it's like literally... Bills. Just like, you know, like in the movies when someone has like a briefcase, a briefcase. full of cash yeah. and they just unload it and then they like flip it open and it's yeah. just like a bunch of $100 bills tied together rubber band. That's what I assume is like being FedEx right now to Oriole Park from there, Philadelphia. I think there's a guy at 30th Street Station right now carrying that briefcase yeah. and he's like sitting on the train and he's got like it right th- in front of him. Right, like a three-button suit, <laughs> all-black suit with a bow tie, qua- like Minding his own business, sitting well, at the station, and somebody head, coming straight to Camden Yards. Some nice woman walks by. He's like, "Hey, is that seat taken?" Yes, it is. <laughs> this train is going. He to looks Baltimore. pleasant, but he's like hard. He's hard on the inside. He he's the one that he's the cash deliverer. And 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 the briefcase is handcuffed to him, so yes. it's like it, it can't like you got to cut his hand off to get to that money. <laughs> Major League Baseball is uh, Does it's not a serious, mess around when it comes to the trade deadline. Let me is, tell you uh, what it is a serious organization. Dan Straley, of course. The biggest move, the only move that the Baltimore Orioles made today. If you're watching our trade deadline show on uh, the Mass and Orioles Facebook or Twitter or YouTube accounts, you saw us break it down live. It did happen before the deadline, of course, but was not broken until several minutes after the trade deadline. It was a deadline, Bobby, in which we thought, well, at the very least, they'll probably trade Michael Givens. But they also could trade Jonathan VR. They also could trade Trey Mancini. They also could trade, who knows, Renato Nunez, Hanser Alberto, any number of guys who might hold value. And instead, Dan Straley is the only guy who goes, and he goes uh, for cash. Yeah. Not uh, not nearly as many deals as could have been made. The bare bones. Yeah, I, I think this is more of a uh, detriment to... The Orioles didn't really have, aside from maybe Trey Mancini, the Orioles didn't really have any players that were that enticing. Enticing for guys. Yeah, that's a good word to have. Enticing for other teams to come and get. Players that, yeah, they could maybe help, but for these competitors, these teams that are looking to make deep playoff runs, a run at a division title, World Series, a pennants, all that stuff, you know, I don't I don't see any of these guys being the guy that can, like, put one of these can competitors over the hump you know like maybe a Trey Man City but even then his value more relies on his contract and and how lengthy he's controllable for a team to have and yeah he's been he went through that huge slump what was it late June into July um, but he's been playing a lot better as of late 
Orioles are coming home. Obviously, they didn't play today. I, I thought it was funny that a lot of players are like, oh, my God, Trey Mancini's on the lineup today. Well, yeah, they're not playing. So that was a good, good bit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look across the board, a lot of these guys didn't weren't that appealing. Um, yeah. And and, and I, I trust Michael Elias and, and his people, Sigma Dell. They probably listened to a, a lot of offers. They fielded some phone calls. But at the end, nothing that was worth – the returns, like yeah. you know, what I would probably rather hold on to Trey Mancini for a couple more years, maybe for or one more year, and see what if he can become like the face of what we're trying to do here. Um, Hans Alberto is another guy, Ranto Nunez, Jonathan Yar, guys that these contracts might seem like they were more for the short term, guys that were probably going to be trade pieces. I was a little bit surprised that those guys didn't go. Maybe Michael Givens too, but but then again, with the Givens argument, this was such a bullpen pitcher heavy market. I mean, he had to be on the lower half of the list for a lot of teams because there were so many other good arms out there. So yeah, it's just, I think it was just a, a combination of the market dictated pitching. That's not really the Orioles strength and uh, the, the players that the Orioles do have in, in bunches to, to offer weren't that all all, all, all appealing. Well, first off, shout, got to shout him out. Eric Arditi was the one with that. That was him. Yeah. Those Eric great Arditi, tweets. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, uh, and he, the best part of it, I think, was, oh, my God, Dylan Bundy is not pitching tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? What does it all mean? And as Olivia Witherite, our social media manager, said, what does it mean? Second off, uh, I am taken off this hat because it looked ridiculous on me, but it will look great on you. Just don't wear it backwards like I did if you're a fool like I am. Oh, do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. Um, we're going to be teasing that later on in the show. But anyway, back to the trade deadline, Bobby. Um, yeah, it... it I think it was it's just a trend around baseball that teams competitors are hugging their prospects. They don't want to give up prospects and that's they think that they are making a sizable upgrade to their major league roster and none of these guys according to teams were sizable upgrades. Of course a couple weeks ago the Orioles traded Andrew Kashner and got back a couple guys who were in the Dominican Summer League. So to me, that said, okay, they're willing to trade away guys even if they get back a minimal return, you know, so long as they're getting younger and they think they're getting more talented. But today, they just didn't. And it, it to me, that says, yeah, there, there wasn't enough on the table for them to make that move. And if you're the Red Sox, the Yankees, any number of these competitors, you have to be giving up, you have to be getting a sizable return guys that you think are going to be good for your organization and are going to play and play above an average level um, in order for you to give up top prospects. And they just didn't, those offers apparently were just not on the table. So they just move forward with what they got. Yeah, and, and looking across the league and the different uh, trades that were going on, um, and, and we're still getting some, even it's rent, we're recording at 520, whatever, and so we're well past the deadline. But, you know, more details are coming in as yeah. as the league office gets them and the reporters get wind of them. But not a lot of, like, too many top prospects were being dealt like we've seen in the past. Barely any, honestly. I, the only that come to mind are is the Astros trade with the Diamondbacks to get Zach Greinke, and they got Zach Greinke for yeah. them. So and, and also, the Astros have a farm system to deal from. So, you know, the Orioles don't have a Zach Greinke-type player on this roster that can, you know— be worth that haul, that kind of yep. haul with all these top prospects. So again, I, I think it was more of a the right fit. Probably not too many calls on certain guys as they might have expected. Um, I think you and I were definitely expecting Michael Givens to get a lot of calls. Yeah, a lot of calls on Michael Givens. Trey Mancini again was a name that had just became hot within the past couple of days, maybe the past week or so. 
but cooled off very much so in the last 24 hours, even though we had a pretty solid day yesterday in San Diego. So it's not like, I don't know. It's just, I think there were other players to be had across the market and the Orioles just didn't have those key pieces. And I think something to impress again upon Orioles fans is that this trade, this particular trade deadline has very little bearing on the overall state of the rebuild. Right. Well, you know what? It's like, you know, I've talked about since Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde have been hired, there have been like three main dates. Yeah. It was the draft, J2, and now today. And I would put them in that order. Like, yeah, of, of importance. The draft was definitely the most important. J2, second most in terms of getting into that pool and, and that crop of young players from Latin America, from outside the U.S. And then I would say the trade deadline was probably the least important day to hit big on. Yeah. And I think they hit big on one and two. Obviously, today, not so much, but that's okay, like you were getting to. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was not going to be a big day just based on the fact that they, this offseason, it's not, they didn't go out and sign a bunch of veterans that are on contracts that could be traded. There just weren't guys, All, pretty much everybody on this, almost everybody on this roster are young guys, are guys that are borderline major leaguers um, and are on cheap deals for the most part. So, you know, there just weren't that many candidates to be traded. And I, I just think it's a trend in baseball that over the past couple of years, teams are just getting so greedy about their own prospects. Yeah. They're just, they just don't want to give them up because they know that all these guys are on these young, are on these cheap contracts. They're getting them for some of their prime years. They just don't want to give up these guys. And for the Orioles, they really didn't have to do that. I mean, honestly, if they had made a trade for, if they had gotten rid of Michael Gibbons, the best they probably could have gotten back was some low-level prospects. Right, like a couple single-A guys. There, there was no way that there was a, you know, an offer on the deal with Michael Elias for you know, a, a top 100 prospect in baseball. Right. For really any of these guys, I don't right. think. If there was, he would have pulled the trigger. Right. I mean, you saw a- Andrew Kashner, who was having a, a very solid year, brought back two Dominican Summer League Basically guys. two J2 yeah. two guys. Yeah, who were 17 years old. Where very far from the big leagues and may not make it eventually. So there, there is just not teams are not willing to give up these guys. And this is a deadline that, like you said, Bobby, this is the third on that list of they have the the draft July. Or sorry, June third was by far by far the most important day for the Orioles front office. Yeah, because that you have to knock that out of the park. Yeah, and Adley Rutschman was a great pick, and he is obviously going to be much more important going forward than anybody that they might have gotten at the trade deadline. So it it was just, it's a, ultimately this rebuild comes down to how you draft and the guys that you have in your minor league system already. And that's, that's pretty much it at this point. It's just, they were not set up to sell at this point and they didn't do it. What do you think? Cause I remember we had some conversations, obviously leading up to today and, and off air you, you felt pretty confident in the possibility that the possibility, not that they were definitely going to do it, yeah. but the possibility that they were able to flip Trey Mancini somewhere. I thought so. Uh, where do you think that just, do you think it was just a lack of suitors? Do you think maybe Trey Mancini became not as appealing to players, to other teams? Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would think if I'm a team, this is a guy that one, he's controllable two he's producing a lot right now. Uh, take away his slump. He's having a pretty solid year. 
And, and three, you know, he's the leadership type of guy. I mean, this is a guy that this mantle of leadership here in Baltimore has been thrust upon him. Yeah. And he's handled it with grace and he's been doing a great job with it. So it's a kind of a guy that's like, hey, if the Orioles are willing to deal this guy, let's go try to get him because he's not just a rental. He's a piece for the future that can contribute to this postseason run and runs in the future. And I think there were people that were saying, a lot of people that were saying, well, his value is never going to be higher. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't. We That's really don't know that. And I remember people after his rookie year in which he had 24 homers and he hit 293, people saying the exact same thing of he's, you know, we'll probably never see another year like that from Trey Mancini again. That, that was a little bit of a fluke. Well, he went out this year and he proved them wrong. Yeah. So to me, he is a guy that he's under contract. They can do, if they want to get something for him eventually, they can do this deal in the winter. They can do a deal next trade deadline. They could do a deal next offseason. There is time if they want to make sure that they get that deal done and get that deal right with him because he's under contract for a while. He's still on a very cheap deal. And who knows? They, they, his, his value could go up. You never know. If he, if he continues to hit home runs, if he continues to hit around 285, he probably will have the same trade value now as he does in six months or a year. Yeah, yeah, and it, again, I think it's it's he was a hot commodity that probably we'll never know. I mean, I th- I think we're supposed to hear from Michael Eisner in the coming days. Usually, general managers I think speak tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, yeah, speak right after the deadline, whether they make deals or not. And so we'll we'll get a better sense of how this kind of process played out with teams fielding about uh, Trey Mancini and others. Uh, but I, I'm definitely interested to see how. Other teams approach the Orioles about Mancini and Michael Givens, those yeah. two top guys. But like, what about guys also like Dylan Bundy, who people thought, hey, he could be a sneaky trade value um, guy who has proven to have some good stuff, just hasn't been consistent enough or healthy enough for a long time. Yeah. Can maybe be a piece for a team down the line and just for the next couple of months into the postseason as maybe a fifth starter or a bullpen arm, something like that, or, or emergency pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious to see how this whole process over the last well, what, 24 hours here um, has kind of played out as the deadline approached and came and went. And I think Bundy probably came down to injuries. If he had been healthy, maybe they would have traded him right. off. Um, but the one I think still is that the the two that are probably the most surprising is VR and Givens not going. Yeah. Um, because Mancini, you could maybe even talk yourself into him being a um, – you know, a, a part of the future eventually when this team gets back into playoff contention. But um, VR, you can't really talk yourself into that. Right. Um, so I thought, and, and Givens, you can't really talk yourself into that. Those guys are pretty clearly not going to be on this team when the team is good again. And VR cost a little bit more. He's owed over $5 million, mm-hmm. was a non-tender candidate, um, going in, is probably going to be a non-tender candidate going into next year. So... I, I, those two names are the two names that I'm most surprised were not dealt. But yeah. again, we don't know. We don't know what offers were on the table, and we're going to hear stuff from Mike Elias, obviously, and he'll give his explanation. But ultimately, you know, he's not going to say, "Oh, well, they offered their tenth prospect." And right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get too into the nitty gritty about it, but we'll at least hear. Yeah, we had some. I'm just curious as to because building up to today, it's all been speculation. Yeah, you know, he say she said all of this like. The Orioles are fielding offers on Trey Mancini, whoever. I'm actually now curious who actually got calls. You know, who did right. they actually get calls on? 
I'm assuming Mancini, Givens. Was there a third or fourth guy? Is like a VR, yeah, like a Bundy, maybe even sneaking in there, Hanzo Alberto, yeah. Um, who else were the Orioles fielding questions on, fielding calls on that they weren't able to make a deal for? Um, because I, I think it'll be really telling to see where, you know, as more information comes out, obviously we'll get all this information, but. I think we'll get a better sense of the idea of what Michael Loss is really trying to get done at this trade deadline, knowing who they were getting calls on and maybe even like what could have possibly been offered up for these players and yeah. why he turned them down. Yeah. And it is, we're in a weird spot now with the fact that we have never dealt with this before where there are no going to be, there are no waiver trades in August, right? There are no teams are going to come calling again. That's it. You know, that's it. They're on this team, or you can DFA them pretty much um, from this point on. So um, it is just kind of a weird situation that we are all new to, and and all these teams are new to. But I think overall, I can understand why fans want to, you know, might be kind of frustrated or disappointed. Um, But, you know, Michael Elias doesn't really care about the outside perspective. (laughs) He doesn't really care about what other... Yeah, exactly. I mean, he cares about winning on the line. He cares about... The rest of the season, you know, don't look now, but the Orioles aren't in last place anymore. Yeah. The Detroit Tigers have the worst record in baseball. Some so might argue that. Keep get, it. Yeah, yeah. Some might argue that gets them out of the running for a top pick, number one overall pick, and that could be a bad thing. Well, isn't that how it goes? What do you mean? What are you talking about? The, yeah. Because yeah. the Orioles won't be. Yeah. The, yeah some, I think some might argue that. Uh, yeah. That's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying some might argue that they won't get... The, I was like, well, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. There's no, one, no one's arguing some that Some might part. argue. Yes, if no you win more part, games. Um, yeah, so keep an eye on a four-game series in Detroit between these two teams in September. Um, but I think Michael Lass is focusing on these next two, last two months of the season, heading into 2020, 2021, 2022, and beyond. You know, yeah. he's, he's not too worried. And again, I don't think... It's impossible to tell. How, and again, we don't know the, all the prospects that were dealt over those last 24 hours plus, but it's impossible to tell how these guys will play out. Guys, teams are, who are making these big moves right now are, are getting established major leaguers, guys who can compete at a championship level, yeah. to help these guys win pennants, divisions in, in our World Series. And, um, you know, they're giving up prospects that they felt comfortable giving up a situation. And, you know, um, we've talked about trades in the past on both sides um, for a couple of other teams, and you never know how they're going to trade turn out. So yeah. I, I think Michael Elias did not see a trade that would have benefited the Orioles down the line. And so often in so many years, we see coming into the trade deadline, okay, these teams are buyers and these teams are sellers. And usually it's just a few teams in the middle. This year it felt like there's like 20 teams in the middle and maybe a few buyers and maybe a few sellers. Like the teams, <laughs> I, I don't get what half the teams in baseball are doing. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't get the Giants didn't sell any of their pieces. They didn't trade Mad Bum. They didn't trade Will Smith. They didn't trade some of their more important pieces. The the um, the Mets somehow thought that they were buyers and they might have traded Syndergaard and then didn't trade Syndergaard. It's like the the, the Yankees and Red Sox, the two teams that you know, could be battling for to get into the World Series on the American League side, didn't make any trades. It's just a weird time in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, there are so many factors that teams are taking into account um, when they are building their roster. And this trade deadline was, I think, one of the weirder deadlines that we have had. Well, you've got, like, I mean, let's look specifically in the National League, too, because that's where a lot of the contenders are. Obviously, your three division leaders, you've got St. Louis right now, L.A., the Dodgers, and, and Atlanta. But then then you have 
let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six other teams within three and a half games of the wild card. Yeah. Plus a handful, let's say five more teams that were, are within shooting distance, like four to five to seven games. Yeah. And then go to the American League, three division leaders, two wild card teams. Tampa Bay's a half game out. You got the Red Sox, the Angels. You got the Red Sox two games out, but then you have the Angels only five and a half games. So, like, there are a bunch of teams that are within shooting distance yeah. of, like, playoff contention. And, like you said, they were just kind of standing in limbo. A lot of people, all right, will they or won't they? Are yeah. they going to buy, sell? Because they, they just at, didn't do anything. <laughs> right, or that. But, like, well, the, I mean, the Giants didn't do completely nothing. They were able to flip uh, Drew Pomerantz to the Brewers. Yeah. Um, I think they got uh, Scooter Jeanette. From the Reds, but then like that. That's but it's like what? What does that? Yeah, mean? Like, yeah. That, I mean, that, plus one, minus one. Yeah, it's, it's like, like okay, that's almost like a step forward, two steps yeah. back. Well, like the Indians trade away their ace when they're in playoff position, and I know they're trying to save money. Eventually, they still have Trevor Bauer under contract for twenty twenty. They trade away their ace, and they get back two months of Yasiel Puig. So, like, it's just. What are these teams... Do? Like, the, the Diamondbacks trade Zach Renke, but then they get back Mike Leake? Like, yeah. what, why... All of these teams just seem to be hedging their bets in every way. It's like, eh, maybe the Cincinnati Reds, another team. They well, trade the away Tanner Roark, yeah. but then they also get back Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer and then give up Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig. So it's like, I guess they're not and going for... And then give up Scooter Jeanette to the Giants. Yeah, so I guess they're not going for it in 2019, but they but are 2020? in 2020. Yeah. Because that rotation could be filthy in 2020. Yeah. It just seems like all of these teams are content with being mediocre in a weird way. <laughs> a lot of these teams. Or just like, I don't know, maybe they just have a very specific plan of what we need. Like, yeah. Like the Diamondbacks. We Starting pitching is not what we, we need. But then they got leak. Yes, I don't know. And and even like the, the Reds, like they just traded for Roark. They just traded for Puig. And then they're giving them, the, you know, like... I, I, Diamondbacks are obviously, I mean, the, the National League West is done. The yeah. Dodgers have won that. But they're only three and a half games out of the wild card. You trade your ace to get back, I mean, Leak's well, a solid pitcher, but he's not Zach Greinke. No, no. And then if you're the Giants... Maybe just to clear cap space? Or, there's no cap space. Yeah. To clear... And then if you're the Giants, money? like, you trade away Pomeranz. So if, are you are you selling... But because if but you're selling, you, you should have traded away the guys. Gardner, yeah, Will Smith. The guys who are on expiring contracts, unless you think you can re-sign them and have another mediocre team again next year. Like, they're... they're are they going all in for Bumgarner? I yeah. mean, not uh, Bochi his last season? Like, <laughs> yeah. But then why didn't they buy? Right, yeah. <laughs> so they're, to me, they're... I think you can at least be thankful for the Orioles that they are in a, a category. They are not in this weird middle ground... Of, are they, they selling? Just other, do are things they just to do them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like a couple of these teams that we're mentioning are just making moves just to make moves, just maybe to, yeah. to save face with the fan base. Like, hey, we did something, but yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really change anything. Yeah, or clear off money, or clear or, off money space. Uh, I don't know. Get under that luxury tax. We know down in DC, that's what they were trying to do. And, yeah, and Mike Rizzo did a, I think, an incredible job of finagling that grading three relievers to help that bullpen. But yeah, I mean, it just seems like a lot of these teams made moves just to say they made a move. Yeah. And, you know, all right, let's look at the standings. As of July 31st, you know, they're obviously games still to be played tonight, but Yankees, Minnesota, Houston are division leaders, Atlanta, St. Louis, the Dodgers division leaders, and your wild cards are the, um, are the Indians and the A's with Tampa Bay out of it. Uh, the Cubs, Philadelphia, and Washington, and Milwaukee right there. These are all going to be the teams that are going to probably be there at the end of the at the uh, season, anyways. Yeah. 
So what were all these movies made for? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> they're all great. I, question, I, I, I wonder how the, you know, let's look at the standings as they are right now, July 31st. Let's see how they match up on after September 30th, right. going into the postseason. And cause I feel like they might be very similar. Cause yeah. I don't mate, except for, the Granky one is the only one that can be like earth shattering, but the Astros are already in first place. Right, right. That's just that's a World Series that they are yeah. going in on winning well, a World Series. That's what they should be doing. Right. I mean, that's and it's exactly what they did two years well, ago they, when they got Justin the, Verlander. What are the Phillies? What are the Phillies yeah. doing getting Dan Shirley? I mean, no well, they, yeah. The, the, like, how does that help them? The Phillies who have major rotation needs are like, yeah, Vargas and and uh, an outfielder are fine. Right. What? And the the Boston Red Sox who did nothing. They're still two games out of the the AL wild card. It's like, well, you're clearly not good enough now to be a playoff team. So then are you selling? But you didn't sell anybody. So right. you- I wonder if it, that was like, because I, I think we've seen this a couple of times. Like sometimes teams make moves based on what their rivals do. Yeah. Like is the Red Sox staying pat? Because does the that Yankees- make the Yankees? No, does that make the Yankees stay pat? Okay. Like because the Red, Sox, the Red Sox didn't do anything. Is that why the, Red, the Yankees? All right. Then if they're not going to do anything, we probably don't have to do anything either. <laughs> yeah. Because we're way ahead of them in the standings anyway. So like, they're not going to catch us. And then you saw the other flip side of it with the N at least. It's like, right. Everyone's like, ah, the Phillies make a, okay, we'll make a move. Yeah. It's like, but I mean, the Braves actually made good moves. I mean, they got two really good relievers to, for the back end of the bullpen and they need it. Yeah. Um, again, the nationals made moves that they needed to make while also dealing with their limitations. And I mean, the Phillies, yeah, they need starting rotation up, but Dan Straley, is that really going to yeah. push that rotation over the top and catch Washington and Atlanta? Well, I, I think there's there, it, it's frustrating as a fan when your team sucks. <laughs> it's another thing when your team is mediocre and going nowhere. Oh, that's 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 purgatory. I that think is, that, yeah. That's not even, like, that's like hell because <laughs> you're not bad, but you're also not good and yeah. you have no chance of getting either way. It's better, it's to, better be, to be bad. It's better to be in pure hell than to be in purgatory. Right. Because, yeah, it honestly, because... It, it, you, if you are a fan of one of these teams that is right around 500 or like that, you are just, there are oftentimes with these teams, there's no real future unless you have a star in your system that's on his way, right? unless you have a really loaded farm system, but then you, you, you know, there, there are so many teams right now that are just mediocre and they're just, it seems like they're content with being mediocre. I I'm taking my bias aside, I would much rather be an Orioles fan than like a Diamondbacks fan yep. right because the Diamondbacks just traded away the ace and now you're still even yeah. with Zach Grinke you were a 500 club and yeah. now you're still going to be 500 for the next couple of years with a maybe a shot at the yeah. NL wild card cool yeah. at least the Orioles are going to be bad for the next couple of years with a purpose of being bad yeah. getting top picks using J2 tr- trading not useless, but like assets that are not part of their long-term plans <laughs> yeah. to build for the future back into contention and, and back into yeah. contention in a couple of years, as opposed to just being middle of the pack for, yeah. for all of eternity. And you don't even have the benefit with a lot of these teams of at least you're like, oh, well, at least we got our guys. And at least, you know, like we have the same group of players that we can root for and follow. A lot of these teams are revolving doors now. Yeah. Like the Reds. It's like you get on board with the Yasiel Puig bandwagon for three months four months and then he's out the door so like you can't even root for these guys yeah so it's like we're meeting not only are we mediocre but we're gonna make moves that just kind of they don't go anywhere and they just kind of upset everybody because they take away guys that you already like and follow yeah like play fans still care about specific players so you know for the orioles it's like 
yes, they have been a revolving door between the minor league system and the major league team. They still have a group of guys that you can at least follow. At least, at least Orioles fans also, you know, they didn't trade Trey Mancini. You still get to watch Trey Mancini and go to the ballpark and see him for several months right. for the rest of the year at least. You still get to see Jonathan VR. You still get to see Dylan Bundy when he comes back from the IL. So, like, y- there are benefits to being a, a, a team that knows where they are, has a set deadline for we are going to be good by this date, and they, they have it. They might not be willing to reveal it. Maybe but not a set have, deadline, but a set plan. A plan. Right, they're right. going somewhere. Yeah, they're a checklist. All right. The, exactly. These are the dates we need to reach. They're good. These are going to eventually add up to us being good again. And I don't think, my, I don't think, I mean, we haven't really seen him in this scenario, but I can't imagine somebody by, like Michael Ice just being content with mediocrity. Right. Like he, they, they want to win championships. You can't just win championships by just having this revolving door of mediocrity and just, all right, we'll, we'll just make another trade and maybe we'll catch a wild card spot, but probably not. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Well, to your earlier point about, about guys like Treyman's, I mean, it's, that's why we've always said all along, it's going to have to take a, a, a deal that blows Michael Elias out of the water yeah. to trade this kind of guy. Not just because he's controllable, his contract is favorable for the Orioles or wh- whatever team he's on, not because of his production, just because of like the type of player he is. Yeah. A, or, or a guy you could build an organization, a guy that is like this, like, face you want as the face of your rebuild or your franchise for years to come. You know, I I have friends who that are, are big baseball fans in this area and they mm-hmm. a, a like Trey Mancini a lot to like Ryan Zimmerman down in, in Washington, D.C., a guy that w- was there through the tough times yeah. but stuck it out and, and reaped the benefits by being competitive for the latter part of his career and, and being the guy that younger players, these young studs that come up through their system, look up to and, and as a guidance and someone, hey, if you stick around, if you tough it out, you're going to get some rewards down the down the line. Per, on a personal note, I love that he's sticking around because he's a great dude. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> everyone Mancini. in this room is happy that Trey Mancini. We looked at the comments on our Facebook yeah. Live show during today. Everyone was pleading, please don't trade yeah. Trey Mancini. And, and he ended up saying. And he's never, like, turned down a request for one of our dumb Mass and All Access shows. <laughs> or one of our dumber Mass and All Access podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Orioles pretty much stand pat. That's pretty much all we can say on the topic. Yeah, um, and they danced straight into the Phillies for cash, and that's about it. That's about it. Um, you saw me wearing a, uh, a pretty dumb... Uh, I was wearing it in a dumb way. It's a great hat. No, it's a cool hat. I just look dumb wearing it. I kind of wish these were almost like the... Uh, where are we at right here? I kind of wish these were like the like an alternative hat that yeah. those could wear. Like I, I've always loved the... The Baltimore and Maryland flag logo they have on the on their sleeve patch. Yep. So these hats um, are available this weekend, I believe, right? Sunday. Sunday uh, the first 25,000, 15 and over. And 20, then kids 000. run the bases on Sunday also at the home game. The Orioles are back from their West Coast trip, so make sure you hit the ballpark on Sunday to get this dope hat. Uh, they have tomorrow, also on August 1st, um, a, a new promotion, which is pretty cool, the Dog Days of Summer, Dog Days of August. Um, which are turning into days where you can bring your dog, of course, special mm-hmm. ticket required. But, uh, you know, I know that my girlfriend will be bringing her, her adorable dog, Helga, tomorrow down to the Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It's a big dog. day. It's a good dog. Um, they, If you're worried about the heat, don't worry. They have lots of water everywhere for them. Probably the best dog-style treats I've ever seen at any ballpark. Great pretzel-style treats. It's just great stuff. Um, a lot of fun things happening at the ballpark. You can still come down to Opasi and mm-hmm. see... 
Trey Mancini can still come down and see these guys that you thought might have been traded today. Make sure you come down Friday night to Stranger Things to get this Orioles dressed, dressed as a Dustin from your, your Stranger Things guy. I am. I have not watched the season finale. Oh, okay. So, so no spoilers for Paul. It. No spoilers for Paul, but Oriole Bird bobblehead dressed as Dustin from Stranger Things. That is Friday, and tickets are almost sold out, so make sure you grab those up as soon as you can um, before they're sold out. And then one more, that T-shirt. Bobby, walk with Elias. Here we go. Walk with Elias. Saturday's WWE night special ticket, again, required. And a Saturday roof deck session is a part of the uh, fi- uh, uh, Women of Country Music summer uh, music sessions at uh, OPACI this summer. Birdland I summer really music. Like this. this is really cool. I'm not even a WWE guy, Paul. I'm not a really big wrestling fan, but... I, I get the I get the bit and uh, that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty solid looking T-shirt right there. Even sponsored by WWE, so this is Saturday. Make sure you stop by. Uh, special tickets required. Buy up those tickets ASAP. Yeah, and I think actual Elias is going to be there, which is uh, hopefully we get him in the shirt. Yeah, if he's I'm not sure. wearing the shirt, Bobby's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Mike. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on YouTube, Facebook. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Twitter? I don't even know. Massanora is on Twitter, Facebook, Massanora Access on uh, Facebook as well. If you're watching along. Our uh, personal accounts. Our personal accounts. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco, Paul. I'm at Paul Mancano. Thank you guys for tuning in. Keep those comments rolling. We'll see you later.